and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And one of the segments on this podcast that we're trying to help you uh, follow Jesus is what we call Theology for Everyone. And what we're trying to do is work our way slowly but surely through the Westminster Confession of Faith. It is a small, systematic theology that's meant to help you ask uh, some good questions and think right thoughts after God. It's broken up into segments, different um, parts of Scripture. And we're just slowly working our way through to help everyday people become better theologians because that's what we all need to be. We need to understand God's Word better. We need to understand God's world, who we are, what He's done, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we try to do these podcasts in about 30 minutes, give you a good... Um, some good stuff to listen to while you're maybe driving, dropping the kids off from school or doing dishes or work or whatever it is. And so today on the podcast, I've got our deacon of worship from Sacred City, Joel Bickford. Hello. I've got my pastoral assistant, Kevin Knorr. Hey, guys. And I've got our pastor of discipleship, Rob Spikestra. Howdy. Yes. And we are in chapter 16 of Good Works. Okay, so this should be interesting. We've been talking a little bit about the ordu salutis, the order of salvation, what God has done for us in salvation. And now we get to this, these words uh, that, that can uh, bring some contention. Brings, these could be some fighting words. What do <laughs> good works have to do with our salvation? Um, if you're Catholic, you're going to say a whole lot. Yeah. If you're going to be, if you're Martin Luther, you're going to say nothing, right? And if you're somebody who's an antinomian, that means they don't believe in the law at all, you're going to say, nothing at all? We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, and we don't ever have to obey God again if we don't want to. We can live however we want to live. Now, I think there's some errors in, in those practices and those beliefs, and we're going to look at them, see what the Westminster Divines had to say about it. We're going to look at Article 1 and Article 2 today. Um. Kevin, you want to go ahead and read Article 1 for us? You bet. Good works are only such as God hath commanded in his holy word, and not such as, without the warrant thereof, are devised by men out of blind zeal or upon any pretense of good intention. Okay. Well, here we recognize a sentence that was written a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I have no idea what they just said. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Help us out. All right, so, <laughs> good works are only such as God hath commanded in his holy word. Um, God tells us what good works are, okay? God tells us what is good. We don't get to invent what we think good works are, Right? And so we, if we want to know what good works are, we have to go to the Bible. Let me give you an example. Um, if, we want to, if we want to love someone, we go to the Bible, we go to the law of God, which is called the law of love, right? And, and we go to the law, and, it, we, and the law tells us exactly how we are to love our neighbor, or exactly how we're to love our spouse. Mm -hmm. You don't love your neighbor the same way you love your spouse, yep. yeah. right? You yeah. don't love your neighbor the same way you love your children, the same way you love a hot dog, right? Like uh, the word of God defines for us the good works that are required towards our spouse and towards our children and towards 
our neighbor, right? Like the love between a spouse, my body does not belong to me alone, but it belongs to her. Her body belongs, does not belong to her alone, but it belongs to me. Mm-hmm. That's some of the rules of love inside of a marriage. That's not the same when it comes to neighbors <laughs> or anyone else, yeah. right? Yep. And so this is getting to the heart of some of the issues that we face in our society today. People grab some biblical word, justice, they grab some biblical word, love, Hmm. and then they import a new definition into there. If you loved me, you would never say that anything I did was wrong. If you loved me, you would never tell me the truth about the universe or the reality of God or the reality of sin. If you loved me. Well, the problem with that is the Bible tells us very specifically what those, what good works look like, what love towards neighbor looks like. Jesus himself came with grace and truth. Didn't come with grace alone. So when we want to learn how to love God and how to obey God, we have to, we can't guess. We can't, we can't get our instructions from general revelation alone. Uh, how we look at the world and how we see the world and how we feel and what our culture tells us. We've got to go to God's word. Do we have a scripture for that? Yeah, the first one here is Micah 6, 8. So it says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Okay, boom. That's a great scripture. I love Westminster. They just they can just pull Old Testament prophets out of their hat. You know what I mean? They just and I am not that good with Old Testament prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, we, now that's a perfect example of what I was just talking about. Yeah. What does it mean to do justice? Because our society can take that right now, and, and they can say, "Oh, we we like the word justice. We want um, equality for all, or whatever we want to say." Um, we let's just talk about it with homosexual marriage. We think it's unjust or unjust for homosexuals not to get married. Well, we would say, nope, you just had a category error there. Yeah. When the Bible uses justice, it puts it in a, in a very specific context of what is right and what is wrong in relation to God. Mm. So God determines what is just and what is mm. unjust. And the reality is any other standard, by what standard are you talking about justice? Sure. From any other worldview other than Christianity, by what standard? That's the question you should always ask anybody. Mm-hmm. That's unjust. By what standard is that unjust? Because Christianity says something is unjust when it goes against God's will, right. yeah. and you're not giving a person uh, what they des- what what they deserve as as a as a human being, right? According to to God's word. So, um, so that's what Micah says. There, good works are only such as God hath commanded in His holy word. So he tells us, he defines what justice is, he defines what love is, he defines what good is, because he is just in his character, he is good in his character, he is love in his character. And that's where we extrapolate all of those uh, biblical principles from. They go on, and not such as, this part is very confusing, without the warrant thereof, and not such as, without the warrant thereof, are devised by men out of blind zeal or upon any pretense of good intention. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we just can't come up with our own standard. Right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You know, even if we're passionate about it, it doesn't matter how zealous we are about it. Mm. um, You're going to say, like, you come up and you say, we have to save the trees. And I could look at you and go, who says? 
by what standard? Everybody says, who's, who cares what everybody says, right? We're all going to differ on what we think is a good work and what we think, you know, is, is a bad work. The only standard that matters is God himself. God is where we're going to get all source of what is good from. Yeah. Now, does God tell us we should save the trees? Yeah, absolutely. But he also tells us we should cut it down and build a fire and make a sacrifice to him. So yeah. it's not saying we should worship the trees. We should only worship God, right? So, um, all right. So when we, this is a great principle here. When we want to know what is good, we should go to God's word to find what is good. Yeah. You know? I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. If we want to know how to be a good neighbor... If, when we talked about mowing our grass, and mm-hmm. then we talk about that on this podcast. If we if we if we yeah. let our neighbor borrow our lawnmower, and he and he goes home and he was mowing his grass and it blows up, that neighbor, or if we're the one who borrowed the lawnmower from our neighbor, let's say, and I'm borrowing my neighbor's lawnmower and that lawnmower blows up, the word of God tells me what I'm supposed to do here. Mm. The Old Testament law tells me if I if I borrow a man's ox and, and I and it accidentally dies on my property when, when I'm using it, I owe him a new ox mm-hmm. or I owe him the money for to, so he can buy a new ox. And the Bible even says, if the ox dies on its way over here, it's not my fault. He he's, he pays it, you yeah. know. But if I if I'm using it and it dies, then then that, then, then I I owe him. So the Bible tells us very specific things about how to be in relationship with our neighbors. Yeah. Right? It reminds how, me of uh, your sermon uh, just. Talking about sola scriptura, whenever this podcast is coming out, um, and uh, it was that was making me think about the verse of in this conversation. There's a way that seems right to men, mm. and so the scriptures realize and even tell us, like, yeah, there's going to be things in this world that you're just like that. That seems right, but our job is to actually go back and analyze what we're saying. Well, this seems right to me. Does this actually line up with the Word of God? So this could this you know the thing that comes to mind for me is. Political stuff like this, se- like this political I- idea seems fine and right to me, and I can see maybe the good that it produces in the world, and, I- and I'm drawn to it for some reason. But if I if I just stop there and I don't go back to the Word of God to say, is this actually what God says about justice or goodness or beauty or flourishing in the world, and I just take it at its word, and there's a way that seems right to me, so I'm just going to go with it. Um, that's stopping short of what. Yeah, yeah. It's what Micah not, was saying, and, and yeah. not taking every thought captive and making it obedient yeah, to Christ, and yeah. not going back to the scriptures to see yeah. what does the Word say about the yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find it interesting here. The divines are they're, they're living in the same world that we're living in. Yeah. You, can t- you can kind of tell because they are asking us to define our terms based upon the Word of God. Ultimately, yeah. And the beauty of this is that we, as we've been talking this through, is that. As I'm talking to maybe my my one of my family members that that believes differently than I do doesn't doesn't use the word of God as the authority for their life, I need to be listening well and listening to the words that they're using, and really listening for those like the word you use justice and saying okay, trying to okay let's define justice. It seems like many of the conflicts that we're having in our world today are were are around these this. How do you define these mm, words? Yes. And ultimately, I think the divines are saying to us, you need to define this word as God defines this word. And how does this look from the, the point of view of, of yeah. God? So it's encouraging for me. So these guys, you know, how many years ago did they write this? And yet it's still applicable today of what for they're sure. encouraging yeah. us to be doing. For sure. Yeah. And I think this also, um, or upon any pretense of good intention, mm-hmm. this idea of, well, let's just say that like, hey, 
you sinned against me. And, and then, and then you respond with, well, that's, that wasn't my intention. That wasn't what's in my heart. Mm -hmm. Like I was trying to do a good thing. Mm. Well, you can be, you can, you know, you can not be meaning to sin and still, and still still sin. sin. Right. And so your, your intention, your, how do you want to say it? Your feelings don't determine whether an act is good or bad, sinful or right. Right. God's word does. Mm-hmm. And so often some of these things that are being promoted today are with good intentions. People are intending good things, but they're not finding it in the right place. They're not defining the words again according to what yeah. God's standard is. Yeah, and they, they could be intending good things. So there's a great book out there called uh, When Helping Hurts. Hmm. And yeah. Yeah. you have to read it if you're going to be helping the poor at all. But the premise of this whole book is most... Uh, work with the poor does more harm than good. And many people think, okay, they're poor, they're in a bad spot, I'm just going to give them some money and help them. Any work that you're doing that isn't building their own personal responsibility is actually tearing their responsibility down and making them more dependent. And the Bible would call that, that's that's not just. Yeah. That's not just. That it's actually taking away their personal responsibility. And now they're less able to provide on their own in the future, and they're less able to to take more responsibility in the future, et cetera. The the book is a it's a it's a fascinating book, yeah. but that's how many times like we have good intentions, we're going to help the poor, and we don't even realize that we're going to go in there and make things worse. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so a good work is not dependent upon our own ideas, our own intentions. A good work is defined by God's word. Uh, we have a text for that last one, yeah? Matthew 15, 9. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got another one for that one? Or no, is that the one? You got one more, Joel? <laughs> I feel like mine was really confusing. but I'll, Oh, I'll great. Read. These are the ones. I'll read it anyway. Right, uh, it's from Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah 29, starting at 13. And the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me and the and their fear of me is command, commandment taught by men therefore behold i will again do wonderful things with this people with wonder upon wonder and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the discernment of the discerning men shall be hidden yeah that's a confusing passage because it sounds like god's responding in the exact opposite way yeah. that we expect him to yeah um yeah, and I, I honestly, without looking that one up, I don't yeah, have I'm the Bible not. sitting in front of me, so. Um, yeah. Divide sounds like lip service to me. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. That's exactly what it sounds like, that God knows what's going on in our heart. So, um, and, I mean, he says it's not going to go, I mean, he basically says I'm going to yeah. foil their plans, right, or the, yeah, yeah. the, the works of the, the prophets or whatever yeah, yeah, that are yeah, saying yeah. that kind of stuff. Do we have another one? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, that's the first little uh, first little paragraph. Now we're about to get into um, some meat here. Article two: These good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith, and by them believers manifest their thankfulness strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren, 
adorn the profession of the gospel, stop the mouths of adversaries, and glorify God, whose workmanship they are, created in Christ Jesus thereunto, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end, eternal life. Wow. Awesome paragraph. Um, we're going to get into a lot of this. Okay, first thing we need to know, or the question we should ask, are good works possible without faith? This is what, this is the first line the Westminster say. These good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. Mm-hmm. So fruit would mean faith would be the, 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 would have to come before that. Yes. Yeah. So can any human being perform a good work in, in this definition, in God's definition of a good work, can any human being perform a good work without being given faith? According to this definition, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so now immediately we, we would want to say, hey, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, a, can an unbeliever walk a, a, an old lady across the road? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. good. But is that a good work according to God's word? No, it's not. Because a good work has to be good all the way down. It has to proceed from a belief in God, and he's going to get into a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. He talks about you know thankfulness and all kind of different stuff. So, so it's not good all the way to the bottom. Yeah. And we know you can do a good something that looks good on the outside, but if you're doing it for selfish reasons, yeah. that's not a good work, right? Yeah. And God sees all the way to the bottom, and that's why um, he says that. Anything that doesn't proceed yeah. from faith exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. is sin, yeah. right? Anything that doesn't proceed from faith is sin. Okay. All right, so what's that, uh, that uh, number three there, James 2.18? Got a text for that one? Yeah, James 2.18. I'll read through 22. But, some, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the, de- even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father, father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the, on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. Okay, Martin Luther said, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone but we're not saved by a faith that remains alone. Yeah. That's, the, that's how Luther said it. So our faith never remains alone. So God, by grace, God gives us faith through the Holy Spirit, and now we use that faith, mm-hmm. and we believe, and as we believe, we obey. So they're getting at the, the reality that you can't just sit on the couch and say you believe. In that sense, the devil believes too. The yeah. devil believes, I mean, more than you do. His faith is stronger than you because he's seen it. He's felt the power of God's might set against him. You know, he's seen Jesus crucified. He, he, he knows the reality of Christianity, and yet he's not saved because he doesn't submit himself to God and, and obey God, right? 
So it's important for us to get this order right. We don't do good works in order to believe or in order to be saved. We do good works as a result of God giving us the faith Mm -hmm. to believe. Okay. So the, and, and, and then that works both ways. How do I know if I believe it? Well, do I have the fruit Mm -hmm. that is an evidence of my faith? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if you were an apple tree that never produced apples, you would probably have an identity crisis. (laughs) Am I? And no one else would know you're an an apple tree either, right? And so if you're a Christian that doesn't produce fruit, you probably have an identity crisis. You're not either, you don't know who you are or other, and other people probably won't know who you are as well. So good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith, okay? And by them, by good works, believers manifest their thankfulness. Got a text for that? 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you, out of darkness into his marvelous light. So one, what happens? We get saved by God. We get called into his marvelous light. And what is what are we going to do? If you've been rescued out of darkness and brought into light, you're going to proclaim the excellencies of the one who rescued you. Right? That's that's pretty evident. So what do we do? We're thankful to God for saving us for our sins, for giving us the faith to believe. And our good works... Um, manifest that thankfulness. So we, we're showing God we're thankful, right? By the way that we live our life. Good works also strengthen their assurance. I got a text for that one. Yeah, First John 2, starting in verse 3. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Okay, by this we may know that we are in him. And so the word assurance means, I mean, that we are sure we are in Christ. We are sure we are saved. We are sure we've been forgiven. We are sure of our salvation. And just like the analogy I used of the, of the apple tree, like if we don't have any fruit, then our assurance is, it's going to be very minuscule, very small. And if what, Rob, what would be some effects? If we are, if we don't have assurance, mm. what would be some, you know, negative effects upon our life? Mm. Yeah, I would think that fear would be a, a big one. Anxiety would be a big one. Um, anxiety of what is going on in my life now. Anxiety that what's, what's, where's this going? Where, where am I headed? Um, I think probably... Trying to think of when why that one hit me so hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I would agree with that um, for sure. I also think that um, you know, just kind of lukewarmness. Sure, a lukewarmness or coldness or an aloofness to Jesus. If I if I'm not sure that I'm saved, then. It, it kind of, it's almost like Luther, Luther before, 
he says, before he gets the gospel, he says, love God? I hated him. Mm. He was a monster. Yeah. He had this impossible standard and he just demanded more of me and I could, and he knew I could never meet it because he read the righteousness of God and he thought the righteousness of God meant this perfect standard that he must achieve. And it wasn't until he realized that the righteousness of God by faith for faith from, from Romans 3 that this could be granted to him. Then he felt like the doors of paradise bust open and that <laughs> set the guy on fire, yeah. right? <laughs> and so if, if I'm not assured that I'm saved, then I think I'll be fearful. I think I'll be, ang- I'll have a lot of anxiety all the time, you know, is the, uh, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Is mm-hmm. God mad at me? Does God, you know, angry at me? Um, it might be like a cyclical thing too, because if I'm not sure I'm not saved because I'm not, I'm not seeing the fruit of good works in my life, then that might just make me timid to actually pursue what God is wanting me to do. So then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was like, well, then I just continue to not produce good fruit (laughs) and, and, and do good works for his name because I, I'm like, well, I'm not sure. Yeah. And I'm so unsure of myself that what's that passage where, Oh, it's, it's Ephesians where he, they being tossed to and fro when Mm -hmm. he's talking about why God has given me the gifts to, to the church so that people, you know, the body would not be tossed to and fro by every doctrine. Wind of doctrine. Wind of doctrine. I think of that would be another thing that you would begin to be tossed to and fro. There would not be the stability that God would want you to have. Yeah. Um, And so doing good works, how, I mean, it's, it's good for us. You know, you can look back and say, man, I know where I've come from and look where God's brought me here. And this is evidence of God's grace in my Mm -hmm. life. This is evidence that God's at work. So it's good. It's good. Um, Strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren. What do we got a text for this? Matthew one? five sixteen. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. All right, um, this is what makes missional community and the church mm. something special. Yeah. You come to the church, and people are showing evidences of faith. They're doing good works for one another. They're laying down their life for one another. They're carrying burdens for one another. Um, they're praying for one another. They're making meals for one another. Mm-hmm. They're doing all of these um, things for one another. And that brings edification to our brothers, yeah. to our brothers and sisters. You know, sometimes just watching somebody come to faith, you know, and watching somebody step up and make a meal or do something like that. It just brings such joy to a pastor's mm-hmm. heart. It brings such joy to a missional community leader's heart to say, man, I know where you were a year ago yeah. and to see where you are now, yeah. praise God, man. Yeah, or just thinking about the, the anxious brother or sister who's unsure about their salvation. If they're seeing the fruits of the gospel happening in somebody else's life that they're in community with, I think that could discourage them or it could probably hopefully point them to the, like there is hope in the gospel. There's hope in Jesus and, and, and refill them with that, yeah, <clears throat> that hope. Right. Yeah. So, Again, we're doing good works, not for God's salvation, not to earn his love, not for any of these things. We're doing these works for the sake of our brother. They, you can see kind of the beauty of this because if you're doing it for salvation, you never know if you have enough. Yeah. So there's almost this great anxiety that that creates. It's, have I done enough? Have I done it well enough? All those kind of questions. But if you are saved by grace, we are saved by grace, then it, working out of that, we now, now it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Good works are actually good for us and good for others, and it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. That's right. It's enjoyable. That's good. All right, another one. They uh, your good works adorn the profession mm. of the gospel. Yeah. Got a text for that? Yep. 
It's uh, 1 Timothy 6, 1. Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Hmm. Okay. Um, I was thinking of another text I that was going to come up. <laughs> uh, so, our good works adorn the gospel in the sense that they they shine a light. They show evidence that we've been changed. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they shine a light mm-hmm. back on the gospel. People would say, dude, I remember what you used to be like. Why are you like this? And then we point them back and, and point them back to the gospel itself. Titus 2.10, that's the one I was yep. thinking of yep. where he says, uh, not pilfering, so he's talking about what we should not be doing, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> that's good. All right, adorn the profession of the gospel. And this is also, adorn the profession of the gospel. If the go- If we're professing the gospel that we've been saved by grace through faith, there should be evidence of that, mm-hmm. right? There should be evidence that, that we actually believe the gospel and the gospel is doing work. Yeah. And so our good works are gospel fruit, right? Our yeah. gospel fruit that, that people can say, wow, I want to believe the gospel because it produces, it's produced that in their life. Yep. Yeah. Another thing good works do is stop the mouths of the adversaries. <laughs> yeah, First Peter 2, 15 says, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. By doing good, shut the mouths of adversaries. Yeah, this is exactly what Jesus did. They called him all kind of bad things, and he just kept doing good. And, um, you know, and loving people and doing the right thing. And glo- good good works also glorify God. That's uh, 1 Peter 2.12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, given a reason for the the hope that we have. It's kind of a missional um, explanation, right? Like, so when people revile us, people talk bad about us, our good works are, um, are a signpost to them that they can read to, to say, to say the gospel is real, mm-hmm. right? The gospel is believable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's some question of what does that day of visitation means? Uh, and I've taken it that day of visitation is when God visits them in one sense that it that could be a very much a drawing in God mm. comes to them, speaks to them. And because of the good deed of those, those that are Christians around them, they say, you, I believe, I oh, believe, wow. because it, you know this. Mm. God's visiting yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you know. So, uh, well, yeah. and it makes sense. So, like, we use words like family and hospitality and all this kind of stuff that are kind of most people they don't they might not have uh, a handle what the Bible means by those terms. Right. So when I'm doing premarital counseling or even li- listening to somebody's story, I don't know how many times someone said, "Oh, you know, I just had a normal upbringing," and immediately I'm like. <laughs> You have no idea what you're talking about because norm, there is no such thing as a norm and what's normal for you is not normal for me is not normal for them. Yeah. And so we need to tease some of that out. So a person comes to missional community and they experience this radical welcoming spirit that's there. People are making great food. Mm. There's just this fun presence. There's 
people are open and honest with each other. And, and then all of a sudden you hear somebody share a deep, dark secret. And this person's sitting there going, what Hmm. is happening right here? And then they watch somebody get grace and somebody shares the gospel with them. And now all of a sudden their spirit is open. So when the day of visitation comes for them, it, it, they welcome it and it makes sense to them. Oh, this is what God's calling me to do that. What I just saw. Yeah. confess my sins. He's going to give me grace like that. Jesus died of my sins for the, you know, it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense to him. Yeah. You know? Wow. Uh-huh. I never knew what that meant. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Yeah, yeah. That's <clears throat> All right. So, uh, and we are to, and to glorify God whose workmanship they are <laughs> created in Christ Jesus thereunto. This is, Uh, Ephesians 2, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works that he predestined for us to do beforehand, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end eternal life. We got a scripture for that last one. Romans 6, 22. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become servants of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. Hmm. All right. So that's another, again, that kind of goes right along with assurance in one sense that we know if if Jesus began this good work in us that he's faithful to finish it until the very end and so this fruit that I see in my life is evidence that God's at work and he's he's going to get me to the end of my salvation yeah. which is eternal life with him mm-hmm. so if he's produced this fruit in me now he's going to continue mm-hmm. to produce this fruit in me for the rest of my life, and that fruit's going to end in a new heaven, a new earth, a new body without sin, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's where it's all going. So, do good works matter? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> where have you yeah. been over yeah. the last 20 Maybe minutes? Maybe I missed the point. Yeah, though. you yeah. missed the point. Wow. <laughs> so, good works can't get you in, yeah. right? Right. But good works, once you're in by faith, good works are vital. Good works are vital to a Christian life. And um, man, and you're going to have all kinds of problems if you're not, if you're not, if the, if the spirit and faith isn't producing that, that, uh, those fruits in you. Yeah. But what, what, what wonder and good does happen because of it? I mean, he's really calling us to a full fruitful life what that's what people want you know yeah and that's what he's calling us to that's that's pretty cool and to be a part of a community like that. yeah yeah right you know what i mean with other people are bearing fruit and it's and it's all bringing glory to god Mm -hmm. you know you can see that in the church better than you could see that in in your individual home yes you know that's right so all right so that was article one and article two chapter 16 of good works a lot of good stuff there if you guys have any questions on this, please email me, Justin at sacredcitychurch.com. We want to hope this is a blessing to you. We love you. God bless you. Talk to you soon. That's good to say. I have no idea what they just said. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs>